Misfits Audio presents The Two Buck Alibi, episode 24 of Jim Nolan, Private Eye. Okay, mister, up with the hands. Whatever you say, they're up. My wallet's in my right-hand jacket pocket. I'd, I'd give it to you, but my... I don't want your money. No? Uh-uh. Didn't I see you coming out of the movie theater? Yeah? I want your ticket stub. What? Your ticket stub. What are you, hard of hearing? When an usher takes your ticket, he rips it and gives you half of it back. That's what I want. I'm... I'm not sure I kept it. You better pray that you did. I'll have to put my hands down to check my pockets. Okay, but easy does it. Come on, come on. Here. Here it is. Hand it over. Yes, this'll do. This'll do nicely. Can I go now? No, you can leave your hands down, but don't try anything. Don't worry about it. What movie did you see? Monty Python and the Holy Grail? Huh? Monty Python and the Holy Grail. What is it, a religious movie? No, a comedy. With a title like that? Uh Uh-huh. Who's in it? Monty Python. Never heard of him. Them. Monty Python is a them? They're a British comedy group. Ah, jeez. They're funny. I watch Strictly American. Do you want to know the plot, too? Nah. All I wanted was this. That won't get you in to see the movie. I know that. I'll give you the two bucks if- I don't want to see a movie starring some guys I never heard of. You can go now. Whatever you say. Don't look back. I'll have this gun trained on you until you leave the alley. That's all he wanted? That's it. Not your money? No. I offered it to him, figuring that must have been what he was after, and that once he had it, he'd let me go. He turned me down. When did this happen? Around 9.30, last night. What theater did you go to? The Twinplex. I saw Monty Python and the Holy Grail, the 7.30 show. Was it any good? Yeah. It was worth the two bucks. You haven't seen it? I haven't been to a movie in ages. Do you always go on weeknights? I keep an odd schedule. I'm in retail, so I'm usually working on the weekends. You said you were cutting through the alley to head home when this happened? Right. I thought I'd grab a beer first. There's a little hole-in-the-wall bar, not far from the theater. Where's home? 220 Baker. Walking distance. I have an apartment there. I couldn't have taken more than a dozen steps into the alley when I heard... Up with the hands. Could you see the man with the gun? No. He was in the shadows, probably on purpose. I could see the gun, though, sparkling in the light of the street lamp. I'm guessing the guy was about my height, 5'11". What makes you think that? How he was holding the gun. You know, it's... it's height off the ground. You have experience with guns, Mr. Mills? No. Just what I see on TV and at the movies. The bad guys usually hold their guns just above their waist. Like this, right? I suppose some do. Well, his gun was pointed right at my waist. That's why I'm guessing the guy was around my height. 
So you gave him the stub, and he let you go? No. First, he wanted some information. About? The movie. He wanted to know who was in it. From the title, he thought it was a religious film, and he never heard of Monty Python. I thought he'd want to know the plot too, but he said that was enough and let me leave. He did remind me not to try anything as I walked out of the alley, like I would. I'm sorry to bug you with this. You're not bugging me. This is my bread and butter. I wasn't going to bring it up at all, but my dad, well, he told me I should. Insisted, really. Why? Because I can't explain it. Do you know why the guy only wanted the ticket stub, he asked me? No, I said. I don't. Then you'd better tell the authorities, he said. You'll have to forgive my father. He's big into conspiracies. He's got a million of them. Do you think this really could be something? It's worth looking into. Have you told the police about this? No. Why not? Let's say this comes to nothing, okay? Go on. I don't want the entire police department thinking I'm nuts. Giving you that chance is more than enough. I can't promise I won't need their help with the investigation. I've got a good friend on the force, Lieutenant Walter Carmichael. If you have to, I understand. But try to keep it under the radar, okay? Mr. Nolan? Yeah? I'm Ed Santos, the theater manager. You wanted to see me? I did. I'm a private investigator, Mr. Santos. And your case involves the theater? In a way. Do you have a few minutes to answer some questions? Sure. Were you here last night? Most of it. I did step out for a bit to grab a sandwich. When was that? Around 6, I think. I'm talking later than that. 7.30. Oh, yeah. I was back for almost an hour by then. You showed Monty Python and the Holy Grail last night? We did. Did you have a good crowd for the screening? So-so. We do most of our business on weekends. Date nights. You know. When did the movie let out? I wasn't watching it myself. Uh, Let's see. The film's about 90 minutes long, so with previews and other stuff, oh, I don't know, probably around 9.20, give or take five minutes. How many people saw it? Well, if memory serves, about... uh, 50? I can check our books for an exact count if you'd like. I would. I'd like to see one of your tickets, too. Sure. Follow me. For that film? Yeah. We should have some left. Here you go. One ticket for last night's 7.30 show. Are all your tickets numbered like this? Yes. The first ticket sold to any movie on any day is always 001. You put the date, time, and movie title on the ticket, huh? We do. Some other theaters don't anymore. Why don't they? Cheaper to print, I suppose. We have a contract through 75 with a local printer. Once that expires, we may go that route ourselves. (laughs) You have to save a buck where you can. How many ushers were taking tickets for the screening last night? Two. Ron and Tim. And they did the usual thing? Tear the ticket in half and give one of the pieces to the customer? That's right. What piece did they give back? I'm sorry? Let's take this ticket, for example. May I? Sure. 
I've just done what an usher would do. Would he give the customer back this half or this half? I've never really thought about it. I don't believe any of my staff thinks to always give back the same piece, especially when we're busy. I was an usher for years, and I never made sure to always give back one half or the other. Either way, some of the information would be on each half of the ticket. On this one, the date's ripped down the middle, and so's the name of the theater. The movie title is split in half, too. Monty Python on this half, and the Holy Grail on this one. Do you keep the other halves? No. The ushers drop them in the trash. Do you need them? Probably not, but did you keep that trash bag around? Sure. Why all the questions about the tickets? These are just tickets. What else are they? History. I don't understand. I dated a girl once who used to save ticket stubs in a jewelry box. Me too! Maybe it's the same girl. <laughs> the stubs reminded her that she was at such and such a movie on such and such a date. To her, it was part of her life story. I never looked at it that way. My client was robbed of his ticket stub after leaving a theater last night. I hope he's okay. He's fine. The stub was all the holdup man wanted. Why? My guess is that he wanted it to be a part of his history. A false part. You mean that if someone asked him where he was last night, he could say, I was at the movies. See, here's the ticket stub. You got it. It's his alibi. Alibi for what? That I'm not sure of. But I'll bet he wasn't doing something charitable while my client was watching Monty Python. This is the theater where the film was shown last night. My ushers are mopping up for today's matinee. Isn't that usually done before closing? Yes, but we were running late last night. I figured we could do it before the early show today. Sticky floors? I don't know how they get so sticky. I'd swear people are pouring gallons of soda on them. Oh, there's Ron. Ron! Yes, sir? Can you come here for a minute? He was one of the ushers last night. Yes, Mr. Santos? Ron? This is Jim Nolan. Sir? Mr. Nolan's a private investigator. No kidding? No kidding. Like in the movies? It's not as glamorous as all that. Ron, you took tickets for the 7.30 show of Holy Grail last night, right? Yeah, Tim and I did. Is there a problem? No, no problem. Where's Tim? He called in sick. His mom thinks it's the flu. I hope he gets better and keeps it to himself. Are the floors sticky today, Ron? All over, as usual. So whoever saw the movie last night probably left with sticky shoes. Most likely. I know I did. Thank you. You're welcome, sir. Oh, Mr. Nolan? Yeah? We want a shrubbery. Okay? Y you haven't seen the movie yet, have you? No. Well, after you do, that line will be really funny. Mr. Santos checked his books for the previous night. 48 people bought tickets for Grail's 7.30 screening. 
This matched up with the ticket he gave me being number 49. I left the theater, the smell of fresh pop popcorn on my mind and <laughs> in my nostrils. Being at a loss of how to proceed, I stopped in on Lieutenant Carmichael. Sounds like a cheap alibi to me too, Jim. A two dollar one. What did he need an alibi for? Something that happened while the movie was being screened. You want to know the possibilities? Yeah. A liquor store robbery, a home break-in, a mugging, a homicide. Homicide? Milton Cobb, age 51. Milt? You know him? Sure, Boston Examiner. What happened? Shot in his office, between the eyes. Jeez. And this is while the movie was playing last night? The medical examiner estimates Cobb died between 8 and 9.30 p.m. His office isn't far from the theater. We do have a lead. A small one. What? The cleaning lady at the newspaper office saw someone driving like hell out of the parking lot around 8.15. She was able to catch the first three digits of the plate. What make of car? She couldn't say, but she's sure the driver's hair was totally white. Oscar Hicks? plate number she gave us matched the first three digits on his Merc. There's a name from the past. Snowy Hicks. Why would he kill Milt, though? Mr. Cobb wrote an editorial the other day. Bring some local bad guys into the light. Chief among them, Hicks. Did the cleaning lady find Milt's body? No. She had cleaned the paper's office earlier. She starts her rounds there. She said there were no problems. She and Cobb even had a chat about the weather. A co-worker found the body the next morning. It sounds like Snowy has some questions to answer. You want to join me? I'd love to. We'll go to his job. He should be there now. It sounds like you've been keeping tabs on him, Lieutenant. He deserves it. Where does he work? Never thought I'd see your ugly mug again, Jim. The feeling's mutual. We've got some questions for you, Snowy. Lay out the hair, huh? It's a family trait. It is? Yeah. My father had hair like this. And so did his dad. I like it. It's distinguished. Maybe you should color it. Why? It's a giveaway. At least I have hair. Touché. We're here about the murder of Milton Cobb last night. What about it? We have reason to believe that you're involved. Me? No way. I've been on the straight and narrow since I got out of prison last year. Those days are gone. How long have you been working here? About six months. Only honest work for me from now on. So you weren't at Cobb's office last night, you Merc? Uh-uh, I was at the movies. I got my ticket stub right here. See? Monty Python and the Holy Grail. The 7.30 show at the Twinplex. You want to give me that, Jim? Sure. You mind if I take this? All yours. Good. Because I was taking it anyway. Do you always keep a ticket stub in your shirt pocket, Hicks? What if I do? It's pretty convenient. I didn't have a clean shirt, so I'm wearing the same one from last night. I haven't had any time to, uh, do my laundry. 
What did you think of the movie? I can take it or leave it. What's it about? What's it? I'm thinking of seeing it. What's your review? I, uh, I can't say. Why not? I fell asleep. You're kidding. I was beat. It was a British flick. I was supposed to be funny. I thought you slept through it. I saw some of it before dozing off. How about your shoes? What about them? Were you wearing those shoes at the theater last night? They're the only pair I got. Why? Give me one. What's all this? Give him one of your shoes. Uh, okay. Not sticky at all. Catch. Are we done? I doubt it. Come on, Lieutenant. Why would I have killed him? Because of his editorial about you. I don't read the paper. And you were at the movie theater when the shooting happened? Right. You didn't stick somebody up for his ticket stub in an alley. <laughs> if this were the old days and I'd stuck somebody up, Nolan, that isn't the kind of paper I'd be looking for. That's right. As soon as you can. I'm having the ticket stub dusted for prints. It should be covered in them. The ticket sellers, the ushers, Hicks. And hopefully a nice clean one from your client. That will show us that it is the stub Hicks held him up for. We'll need your man to volunteer to be fingerprinted in case the lab guys find anything. I'm sure he'd be happy to. Looks like we both may have our man, Jim. He is the right height. What's that? I'll explain later. It's not enough, though. Not yet, even with the testimony of the cleaning lady. The ticket stub number was 004. That means my client would have been one of the first people in the ticket line. Too bad he didn't get a look at the guy who stuck him up. We could put Snowy in a lineup for him. Yeah, that's... Wait a minute. He could identify Hicks. But he didn't see him. No, but he heard him. You don't forget the voice of a guy who holds a gun on you. I'll have Sergeant McManus bring Hicks in. You call your client. Yeah, I was one of the first people in line. Was there a guy there with a big head of white hair? All white? Yes. No, I'd remember that. None of the theater employees remember him either. Mr. Mills, can you come down to the police station? You had to bring the cops in. I'm afraid so. Can you come down? I think we have the gunman. I'd like you to pick him out of a lineup. But I told you, I didn't see him. Trust me. Thanks for letting us fingerprint you. No problem. Mr. Mills, this is Lieutenant Carmichael. Lieutenant. I've had to bend my usual client confidentiality rules and let him in on the details of your case. I hope that's okay with you. Whatever gets this guy. Here's how this will work. We'll turn off the lights on this side of the room. Sergeant McManus will bring in three men. Each of them will recite something for you. Something long enough for you to hear their voices. They won't be able to see you. Would you remember the voice of the man who held you up? Definitely. If you do, say so. Gotcha. Bring him in. Line him up. 
Okay, number one. In the red t-shirt, start talking. About what? Anything. Something you learned in school. I don't care. Just talk. I'm a little teapot. Short and something. Here is my handle. Here is my spout. When I get all steamed up, hear me, um... Tip me over and, uh, is that enough? Never paid much attention in class. That's not him. Okay, step back. Number two, your turn. This is crazy. Just do it. Why should I? I got my rights. I can't be forced to perform like a carnival act. That's him. McManus, show them out. Hey, wait a minute. What just happened? I see what you mean about that hair. That would have made me stop eating my popcorn and take notice. You bought some popcorn for the movie? No. The usherette gave it to me. The Twinplex gives out free popcorn? I'm going. It was only a small-sized bucket. The usherettes gave one to everybody on our way into the movie. Everybody? I didn't see anybody turn them down. I mean, what do you get for free nowadays? Yes. My client said one of your girls gave him free popcorn. Huh. Really? That wasn't supposed to happen until the weekend. You've lost me. We've had some complaints about our popcorn. Too salty, not salty enough. Too much butter, too little. Anyway, we decided to try another vendor. But the new popcorn, the kind the girls gave out for free, wasn't supposed to debut until this weekend. Why would your usherettes have given out the popcorn early? I guess Tommy told them to. Tommy? Tommy Bradley, my assistant manager. He must have misunderstood me when I told him to hold off on the new stuff until the weekend. Can you get in touch with him to check on that? Sure. Let me call you back. How much popcorn did the usherettes pass out? 48 small-sized buckets. One to everybody who bought a ticket to Holy Grail. You're sure of that number? I am. Each of the free sample trays holds 24 small buckets. Two usherettes pass them out. Two times 24 equals 48. The girls said they gave out every bucket. No one turned them down. You're kidding. No, neither one of us did. Yes, you do that and get right back to me. What's wrong? The lab guys found a clean fingerprint from Mr. Mills on the ticket stub. That's great! They also found one other thing. What? Blood. A very small drop of blood.
I'm glad I caught you before you left. Did something come up? Mr. Mills, my lab techs found a tiny bit of blood on the back of the ticket stub. So that's what happened. Excuse me? I noticed a paper cut on my thumb after I got home. See? Right there. You know how those things bleed. Stained my jacket pocket, but good. I must have cut myself on the ticket stub when I was looking for it in the alley. With that gun pointed at me, I didn't even know. Carmichael. Yes, Stan? You're certain about that? Great. Send me the file. Thanks. McManus, bring Hicks down here. Let me go, Lieutenant? Hardly. Huh? Let me give you two a proper introduction. Oscar Hicks, this is Stuart Mills. The man you held up in the alley. i never seen him before in my life. Yes, you did. But I couldn't see you. I don't know what he's talking about. Cut to the chase, huh? My lab guys have analyzed the ticket stub. What can you analyze a little thing like that for? Fingerprints, for one. Yours are all over it. That's because it's my stub. I paid to see that boring movie. That's two bucks I'll never get back. Did you eat any popcorn last night before you dozed off? What? No, can't stand the stuff. Even if it was free? You've gone off the deep end, Nolan. You know that? Who gives out free anything nowadays? My men found a clean print on the stub from Mr. Mills. You're lying. And something else. According to your prison records, your blood type is O positive. So? There was some blood on the stub. O negative. My blood type. What? We're gonna little blood proof. That the stub belongs to Mr. Mills, not you. You... you let him... He hasn't touched it since I pocketed the stub at the bowling alley. So you say. Prove me wrong. The stub also helps us put your actions last night in order. First, around 8 o'clock p.m., you shot Milt Cobb. I never... About 15 minutes later, you raced out of the examiner's parking lot in that Merc of yours. Somewhere along the way, you realized you needed an alibi. Anyone who read the editorial was bound to get suspicious and put two and two together. You got it all figured out, huh? You're a regular Columbo. Not much later, you see the 7.30 showing of Monty Python and the Holy Grail letting out. Somehow you think of using a ticket stub for an alibi. A cheap two-buck alibi. You hide out in an alley and stick up the first patron you see. Me. You really expect this charge to stick? We have other evidence I won't bore you with. You'll hear about it at the trial. It all seems pretty flimsy to me. You believe what you like. You may be a good crook, Hicks, but there's one thing even you can't do. What, Nolan? Change your blood type. You have been listening to episode 24 of Jim Nolan, Private Eye, The Two Buck Alibi. It starred our regular cast, Russell Gold, as Jim Nolan, Brian Bedard as Lieutenant Walter Carmichael, and Katie Daynert as the narrator. Guest starring in this episode, in order of appearance, 
were Justin Fife as Oscar Hicks, Paul Bryan as Stuart Mills, James C. Ferguson as Ed Santos, Carrie Michael Ayers as Ron, and Edward Champion as lineup man number one. Jim Nolan Private Eye was created by Mike Murphy and Arlene Osborne. The script was written by Mike Murphy. The Jim Nolan Private Eye theme was composed and performed by Vivian Dosco. Please hear more of her wonderful music at myspace.com slash Vivian Dosco. Producer, Mike Murphy. Assistant producer and webmaster, Captain John Tadrazak. Mixer, Matthew Blondin. Script editor, Arlene Osborne. Art director, Alexa Chipman. Visit us on the web at misfitsaudio.com and on Facebook. Thanks to Captain John Tadrazak for airing this show. Mike Murphy gratefully acknowledges the continued help of Arlene Osborne. All the characters portrayed herein are fictitious. Any resemblance to actual people, living or dead, is purely coincidental. This production is for enjoyment purposes only. I'm your narrator, Katie Daynert. This is an original production by Misfits Audio. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.